Listeners, if you love getting cash back like I do, then you've got to get the Get Upside app right now. Get cash back on your everyday purchases without changing anything about how you shop or live. You'll pay however you normally do with a credit card or debit card, and cash back will be deposited directly to your GetUpside account. There's no limit on how much you can earn. GetUpside even works with other coupons, discounts, and loyalty programs. First, you claim your offer, find local offers on everything from gasoline to restaurants and everything in between. Second, you spend, you shop as you would at your favorite spots around town. Third, check in or scan receipts, check in to log your purchase, and you'll be on your way. Finally, get rewards. Earn cash back and cash out whenever you want via PayPal, e-gift card, or check. It's just that simple. I love coffee, and I get mine for free just by earning cash back from GetUpside. Download the app and get started getting your cash back today. Click on the link in the description of this episode to get started. Welcome to the Great Iron Stead Show. Chad Wilson and Emil Calamino back after a couple of weeks off. Emil, you doing all right up there, man? You're in a halo scene. I I know. Uh, I, who knew you were that close to Canada, huh? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I was I was saying that I sent you guys a picture yesterday. It looked like we were in downtown Iraq. You couldn't see anything. I mean, downtown Iraq, like I'm saying, somewhere in Fallujah around 2002. I mean, there was a cover of smoke. And no lie, when you went outside, it smelled like a campfire. I mean, like you were sitting at a campfire. I, all the pictures that I've seen, there seems to be an orange tint. Now, is that is that a part of this or is that orange tint because maybe the sun was setting? Is that well, I think the tint you're seeing is the refraction of light from the sun that can't get through the smoke. Ah, I see. So, I mean, it's give you an example. New York City, I, I was reading this yesterday. They measure particulates, contaminants in the air uh, with a number, right? Like everything else. The highest reading they ever had in New York City was sometime in 1981. The measurement was 279. Okay. I wonder what was going on then. I was living there. I don't know. I don't know. But yesterday it hit 377. So basically the air quality was was worse than like New Delhi in India, which has the worst air. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I got to tell you something. In the background here, I've got the Yankee game. Um, okay. <laughs> they have a fellow on the team by the name of Willie Calhoun. Now, <laughs> Willie Calhoun reminds me of the player that plays for Toronto. You probably know the name because you're good with the names. Um, the catcher, that's a short, dumpy, fat guy. Kirk? K-I-R-K? I think that is. Yeah. Willie Calhoun is built that way. And so sure I can't take him seriously as a ball player. And Boone has hit him everywhere in the batting one. He's hit him clean up. Today, he's the leadoff batter. And every time I see him in one of these key spots, I get completely irritated. And I promise you, Emil, the more irritated I get on the day that he's in that spot in the order that I can't stand, the guy comes through and has a great game. He just hit a two-run home run to tie the game. little background, Willie Calhoun – was a former Dodger farmhand who got traded to the Rangers, and I forget the deal it was in. It was five or five or six years ago. The knock on Calhoun is he can hit. There's just no place to play him. So at the time, in the National League, without a DH prior to the DH, he was a problem, but he kind of fit in the American League because he likes to hit, and he can mm-hmm. hit. He's five Apparently foot so. He's <laughs> five foot eight. Apparently so, and Aaron Boone says he can rake. So. He can. 
every time he's in that lineup, if it's not seven, eight, or nine, I'm irritated. But here he is leadoff today, which to me is a very dear position in a lineup to me. He's hitting leadoff. They don't care anymore. The geeks have they, have, they obviously they don't, don't, man. And just to rub this in, I'm on TikTok the other day, uh, yesterday actually, and someone did a cut up of Ricky Henderson in the 1989 American League Championship Series. This guy was incredible, Emil. He walked on one occasion, uh, if memory serves, he walked, stole second, stole third, and then I believe it was Carney Lansford. And I'm sorry for you younger generation or you non-baseball folks throwing these names out. I promise I'll be brief with this. Hits a single, Ricky Henderson walks. Then there's another game where he hit two home runs. He hit his traditional leadoff home run. He hits two home runs. Oh, yeah. And I think in that game, he had stolen five bases and hit two home runs. And well, that's a week's worth of damage in one game. And it just pains me now to see how. The game is so much different. If you told somebody 30 years ago that a guy that looked like Kyle Schwarber from the Phillies would be batting, would be batting leadoff. That's insane. Why they would have you, said, have you ever watched baseball before? It's insane. And look, Ricky Henderson, Willie Randolph, Willie McGee, Vince Coleman. That's what I'm used to. Yeah. Um, and who hit leadoff for the Dodgers in eight? Davey Lopes? What, Davey Lopes. I mean, don't forget, Barry Bonds once hit leadoff for the Pirates. That was when he was 60 pounds less. and he was Well, that was when he wore a size 10 and a half shoe and had a 7 and a half hat size. Both sure. of them expanded yeah. significantly. Right, right. Um, speak, I also saw another TikTok where it says the moment Barry um, Bonds realized he needed to take steroids, and I think it was like pregame of one of the All-Star games one year, and it showed Mark McGuire coming over and literally picking him up like he was a child and like holding him up off the ground. And, you know, Barry was probably hitting 40 home runs or 30-something oh, yeah. by that time. So, yeah, I thought you and I could go on a whole tangent that'll annoy the audience because we, we we could be on baseball for about, you know. I now. mean, it is June, but, you know, it is. football is a year-round sport, Amol, and so football is what we uh, absolutely need to talk about. Listen, we've had the draft. They hype the players going into the draft. The players get drafted, and then they proceed to hype the hell out of them until the season comes. And then begins this process of the player, who is a rookie, and in most cases now 21 years old, some of them are 20, if they don't perform according to all of the pre-hype that has been um, bandied and, you know, ushered their way, now they are called the bus. So I'm reading today how Bryce Young has been elevated, able to the number one spot as quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. How did this happen? There have been no practices, no games, nothing. We've been doing OTAs and mini camps that are light. Why are we so much into the hype? Well, I mean, you knew he was going to be the starter, right? I mean, they didn't draft him there to bench him. The Panthers don't have designs. I mean, I can't say internally, but let's put it this way. The expectations around the Panthers this year is that they're probably not going to be a great football team. Does anyone say that in June? Well, nobody admits it in June, but I think you and I could could take a look at their roster and probably surmise, you know, that's not a great football team. One of these days, and since I, you know, AI is a thing and there's a thing called chat GPT, I am going to run it back for at least the last 20 years and see how many teams with the number one pick overall made it to the playoffs and have any teams that had the number one pick overall made it to the Super Bowl in that same season. Hmm. Nice thing to do. You know what? We're here. 
And you, while you and I are talking, I think I might even have that little exercise going. Why, why not, man? Let's use this. Let me, let me ask you a question when you're typing about OTAs, because I've never been to one, and you have, I'm sure. Sure. How, workouts, man, if that's what you're going to Yeah, do. how do they get any – like, I read these articles about teams and what they think they're seeing in their OTAs, and I'm trying to understand or at least visualize, like, what are they watching that leads them to think other than it's just hope? <laughs> OTAs, and, you know, I've even told some of the guys that I've trained, I said, man, the generations before you probably caused these OTAs. And it came around because guys would show up way overweight, way out of shape, and then they would use training camp to get in shape. And that means that maybe for the first four weeks, you don't really have your act together, or maybe a guy's so far out of shape that he injures himself and we've got an issue. And if you're a coach, you know, or, or you know, an involved owner like your guy jerry jones it's not what you want to see you don't want to see guys showing up in late july august so far away from where they need to be so someone came up with this bright idea of having the otas because hey if nothing else we need to kind of just check on you yeah they're voluntary but you know the kind of pressure gently that will be put on players if they don't show up. It'll either be done to the media through their agent or whatever. Like, well, the they're like voluntary in a large corporation when they come around for, say, the United Way uh, project they're doing that year. And they say, it's voluntary that you contribute, sort of. Right. Send a memo out. <laughs> that word voluntary is the most abused thing in corporate America ever. Um, and that would spill over into athletics. And, uh, you know, our major. Sport. But let me ask you this. You can't block or tackle, right? No. Can can you do like a seven on seven drill? Can a corner? You can. Yes, you can. You can do. So can a corner break up a pass? Is that allowed? He would do that most likely in the little mini camps that they would have. You're more apt to have that. Perhaps some teams would do stuff like that. But I mean, like, OK, I'm covering. It's supposed to be this. Here's what it's supposed to be. Running and lifting, and then drills, um, position drill work, typically without the coach there. Because I'm reading like like the Cowboys loved the second year receiver that they had drafted last year. What a jump he made in OTAs! And I'm I'm looking at pictures of this, and I'm going, "Amol, it's ridiculous." They're in shorts. <laughs> we have this thing called social media now, and the NFL has carefully crafted a year round sport. And you got to have content. And listen, trust me, I get updates from the Arizona Cardinals to my inbox. You know, those Google. Uh, yeah. And the articles that are written are 95% trash. And I might be, I might, I may be, in, I'm, I'm nice, I think, on the 95% trash articles just written. But you need content because people are coming to your page every day. And you need eyeballs and you have banners and you have advertisers. And you need to provide something for them. But yeah, you're going to overhype stuff in OTAs because it's content and you want to get fans excited about new acquisitions, whether it's through free agency or something in the draft. And you're just going to blow people up. And then, you know, who pays for it. It's the player later on when they can't. Live well, it's June. So I have a couple off the cuff questions for you. So I'm going to hit you with them. You, 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 there is no wrong answer because these are your opinions and you don't have to you, you don't have to have studied the issue real hard. I want off the top of your head. Two teams that are intriguing me just because of the way they, when I say switched quarterbacks, I almost feel like these two guys to me are the same almost. Not that they play the same, but I feel like they're on the same level. So between the Raiders and Saints, new quarterback, right? So the Raiders have uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Saints have Derek Carr. Who got the better deal there? Um, I'm going to go Derek Carr for one major reason, availability. That's going to be my major reason. Do you kind of see those guys as far as performance kind of very similar in terms of like the plane you put them on in the NFL? I hold Jimmy a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just when he's in there, things seem to flow really, really smoothly. And he wins games when he's been in. Now, granted, he's been in two really great organizations. Yeah. England and he's been in San Francisco. So he that he may have benefited greatly from that. We will now, you know. He may have met his match here. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and, And so if that falls off significantly, and you combine that with his inability to stay healthy throughout an entire season, uh, then this will overwhelmingly be Carr. But I'm saying Carr because of availability. Carr, if he's not on par with Jimmy Garoppolo, he's pretty damn close. I mean, he did take the Raiders to the, to the playoffs. Yeah. A couple of years ago. And so. Well, they uh, had that big year, like six or seven years ago, where he got hurt for the playoff game. And I think they they played the Texans in the first round. That's how long ago that was. The Texans were in a playoff game. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think the Raiders were twelve and four, and they lost because they didn't have a quarterback. Essentially, right. So, yeah. I mean, he's a high performer in this league, and he he's available. He doesn't get yeah. very often. So I would say Derek Carr for that major reason. Okay. I, I I don't have to, I can't debate you because I like I said to me it's very similar that's why I'm asking the question and, and, well, well who would you say though I kind of feel like you do I feel like you know Garoppolo gets kicked around a lot for a guy who's had a pretty decent career and his biggest issue is he just for some reason can't stay healthy and I I mean I like the Saints roster better than the Raiders roster so I think Carr will look like the better option just because I think he's going to be on a better team. You know what I mean? If I had a guess, I think I think the Saints will be a better team. Yeah, um, and the Raiders have been just a mess. Yeah, you do have quote you do have arguably the best wide receiver in the game, but yeah, well, arguably because I, I I'd probably take Justin Jefferson at this point. But argue, there's an argument. Yeah, there. I'd stay. I'd probably stay with Adams because of length of times of accomplishment. But um, I mean, you know. Who would win that argument? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it would just be a matter of splitting hairs. I mean, that's all. It's all how they're playing and the the system they're in because they're both really good players. But Devontae Adams didn't want to make it clear to everyone that I, uh, a quarterback, doesn't make me. Well, no. I mean, he he's he's obviously if he wants to stick to that statement after another two years in Las Vegas. I keep saying Oakland, but another two years in Las Vegas. You you do want to say that, don't you? Here's one for you. This is going to happen tomorrow, but word is, you know, the Vikings, if they can't trade Dalvin Cook and they're not going to trade him because I'd be shocked if anybody wants to pay the salary next well, year. They released him today, so that's over. No, the official release is supposed to be tomorrow. They're, oh. they're, supposedly they're going to try to see if someone, but no, but even if you take a seventh round pick, no one wants the money on the books, which is like, I think he's owed 12 million or 13 million this year. Nobody's paying that for a running back on a trade. So, yeah, poor running backs. Yeah. So, here's the question I got for you. They're the same age. So, next year, number one, Dalvin Cook or Zeke Elliott? Which one? Dalvin Cook. Still, he's still got, he's still got more left in him, you think? More. Yeah. yeah a more dynamic back, a more, a back that's going to be able to do more things. I'm not even sure entirely what's going on with the, with, you know, the whole Dalvin Cook in Minnesota thing. Um, but I just think at this point in their careers, Dalvin's got more to give than Zeke. Now, Zeke, 
if if I'm to believe the off-season reports and the little snippets that you see on social media, he's rejuvenated by the disrespect that mm-hmm. he, uh, has you know had happened to him by the team that drafted him. So who knows? Maybe there's now the problem Zeke has has nothing to do with effort or anything else. He can still pass block. He's still a good short yard back. Like if you need one, two yards at the goal line, I mean, the guy scored 12 touchdowns. He the just doesn't have that you tell me he's been reduced to that though. I, I'm, and that's the point. He just doesn't have, when you watch enough Dallas games like me, he just doesn't have any burst left. He doesn't have what made him dynamic his first four years in the league. I mean, he used to be able to run you over if he wanted to, but if he got in the open field, he was gone. Right, and that's something Dalvin Cook still has. He'll give you a 50 or 60-yard run. He's yeah. not going to run you over, but he still can make you miss, and he can still run away from people. He still has that element to his game. So that's why I would take a Dalvin Cook. Like I said, you know, Zeke's been having this resurgence. We'll see if that actually turns into something. It is very – I don't know that I've ever seen a running back fall off and then return. I no, usually, usually once that – decline happens at that position especially it's kind of yeah. once you've got to replace the carburetor on that thing that's, yeah. yeah that's pretty much it i now, have an answer from chat gpt but okay go ahead hit me from 2000 to 2020 because i've heard with chat gpt their information runs to 2021 and then after that it kind of you know playing with the truth so in that 20 year period or 21 year period from 2000 to 2020 10 teams made it to the playoffs uh, after having the number one pick that same season. So that was the Houston Texans in 2002, San Diego Chargers in 2004, Miami Dolphins in 2008. That might be the last time they were in the playoffs. Um, yeah. St. Louis Rams, 2010, Carolina Panthers, 2011, Indianapolis Colts, 2012, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 2015, Los Angeles Rams, 2016, Cleveland Browns 2017 and the Arizona Cardinals 2018. I don't need to ask the follow-up question because none of those teams won the Super Bowl in those years. So no. So half of the year is the number one overall. And remember, some of those number one overall picks that you're talking about, teams traded into that position. Sure, but I think by and large, the teams that I named here were all miserable. Okay. Yeah, um, I mean, I can't think of a off of the top of my head off of these teams that I named that we had anyone that was of any kind of decency. I might be wrong on that. I think that Colts team at 2012 was that not when? Was that I think that, that Rams Rams team might have been trading up to get Goff that year, and I don't know if they were were they that bad. Yeah, I don't think they were a good team. Okay, we yeah. have to look. I could also look that up, but 2020. 20- 2012 was Andrew Luck, am I correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He paid immediate dividends. So. Yeah, he did. He did. Okay, real quick, I'm staying on Cook, though. The, the teams that seem to be getting the play for signing him seem to be the Dolphins, your hometown team. Yeah. They seem to think there's a lane there for the Broncos. And another team getting talked about are my Dallas Cowboys. Now. Okay. I'd love to see him in Arizona, obviously, but sure. Um, I mean, it the seems Cowboys is that for real? You believe it? Well, I mean, listen, Dallas has a hell of a roster this year. So your question becomes: If you're Dallas, I mean, McCarthy said he'd like to get back to a more balanced approach of you know pounding the ball, 
go and play action, you know, kind of change that offense a little bit from what you Kellen Moore got very pass happy. Um, You know, I don't think it'd be a horrible move at the right price because, you know, you've got Pollard, you'd have Cook. I mean, they have Ronald Jones on the roster, but he's a veteran on a million and a half dollar one year contract. I mean, it's not like it's something they can't get out of. He's not a bad, you know, insurance policy. And they drafted Vaughn out of Kansas State, who's more of a Sproles type back. I mean, I wouldn't hate seeing them get Cook, but I mean, I wouldn't pay $10 million a year for it. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, and so I wonder what they would be willing to pay, right? You know, for 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 a Dalvin Cook, if I mean I we were to make that. Move. I don't know. You know, I guess my how question, much would they be willing? And they'll get out. They'll well, like how would this whole thing work? He's going to make it through waivers, don't you think? Well, nobody's going to pick up the contract. That's right. yes, yeah, so he'll clear waivers. I could see Sean Payton making a run there, maybe trying to protect Russell Wilson a little bit. And making the Broncos try to make them more balanced. Um, you know, I mean, they have they have a running back they really like. They do, they do. And so, you know, the other question is: Does Cook want to play for the Broncos? Because let's be honest, you're looking at the. No, I'm not trying to be funny. If you're looking at, I that, mean, it's cold and it's altitude, and the guys from yeah, what's more sea level than Florida? Right, and and the Broncos also look like at best the third best team in that division behind Kansas City and and the Chargers. So, you know, if I'm Cook, I'm looking if 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 the rumors are true and there's interest from Dallas and Miami, that's where I'm looking. Number one, he's is he from South Florida? I know he played at Florida. He is most definitely from South yeah. Florida. Had to coach against him in high school. Had to watch him beat Quincy's Florida teams literally every year. That yeah, or so. I mean. The only thing with Miami, I look at him and I say, well, Miami seems to be, you know, really geared to wanting to throw the ball over the place. Uh, wouldn't say that. No. no. I wouldn't say that. I think it's, you know, in today's game, it's a balanced offense. You know, yeah. so I think they threw more maybe because that's the way teams were playing them. That's how no one respect yeah. maybe to his, you know, abilities. So they loaded up on we're not going to let a Raheem Mostert get strike us for two eighty yard touchdowns in a game. But. Who's their other back? They have him. I know that. Uh, Is it Wilson? Well, last year they had a ton of guys. Yeah, uh, you know that they brought in. They had Sony Michelle there for 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 a while. They had Raheem Mostert. They had um, they had Chase Edmonds. So you know they had a number of backs that they were using last year. But as it stands right now. Their running back situation is Raheem Mostert, um, Jeff Wilson. Yeah. And then not much after that. They did they do like this this the Savion Ahmed kid, but I, you know, I don't know how much they're gonna it feels like it feels like because of you know the the area, him him being a hometown guy, it feels like a fit there for me. Um it's a fit because why? Because he's from South Florida. Well, because I mean, I think I think he'd be a good addition. I I mean you look at the Dolphins, I mean, if the defense improves under Fangio, which you would assume it should. I feel pretty good that it will. Yeah. Then that should be a pretty a pretty good team. I mean, that, that team in Buffalo should be – I know this is blasphemy with, with Aaron Rodgers with the Jets, but I would say Buffalo and Miami, to me, are the teams fighting for that Eastern division. Where do you fit the Patriots in all of this? Last. Squarely last. How quickly that happened? Uh, they have they have the worst quarterback in the division. 
Uh, and on the worst roster, I mean, to be honest, the Jets have a good roster. So do the Dolphins, so do the Bills. That should be a very interesting division. Yeah, they've got some quarterbacks there, and they've got some things going on, so it's going to be very, very interesting. Put your fandom aside, um, and I will as well. What do you think is the best pace, place for a Dalvin Cook? The best place for him? Yeah, where would you like to see that guy? As a fan of running backs, etc., where would you like to see that? Of teams that could realistically... I mean, you know who I, I'd like to see? You know who I'd be interesting to see him? I could see him... Well, they wasted a first-round pick, so no. I was going to say the Lions would be a nice place to see him land, but, I mean, are the Lions going to go sign a guy after they just spent a first-round pick, a, a number 12 pick on a running back? Probably. Probably not. But they are the Lions. So, you know. I mean, you know, I really would. I mean, I think I think, I think he would have a hell of a year in Dallas's offense. <laughs> Maybe he would. Maybe that is the best place for him. I mean, McCarthy will run the football. He, I mean, he likes. He's not hell bent on on being a genius anymore. He's he he got to where he, he's a head coach. He doesn't need to be. He's going to call the plays. He doesn't need to be the smartest guy in the room at this point. So, what if he went to Tennessee and formed a one-two punch with Derrick Henry? I don't know if Tennessee's going to go that direction. I mean, what, you know, what are they going to run the option? <laughs> Listen, at some point, and if it hasn't, you know, if it's not starting to happen already, the wheels are going to fall off that Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think I think he's on on that slow descent as much as I enjoy watching him play. I mean, he, you know, he's he's taking a lot of hits. The, it, the, the, the numbers, I hate to sound like one of these analytical geeks, but if you look at the trend. Well, I'm going to be that geek and look up how many touches he had last year. But. Well, I think we did this one of the previous shows. I mean, he's hit 400 at some point. I could swear or 390 or something not, real close. Not not he's got to count the receptions. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it and he he hasn't quite he came really, really close in 2020. What did he have? He had 378 carries and and 19 receptions. Yeah, I mean, okay. We're splitting here. 400. Yeah, I know. 397. That's um, I would say this, he peaked out at 2,027 yards. He was injured the next year. Yeah. Uh, and then last year was um, an okay year, but yeah. Yeah, this is a I good mean, year. here's the thing you got to look. If somebody comes in and just breaks the bank and says, you know, for Cook, you know, we'll give you $12 million for a year. He's going to take it no matter where it is. Because yeah, he'll go to the Houston Texans. If he doesn't care because he's 27 years old, and we all know how running backs get screwed in this league. Right. You but go, if it's if, if it's way. yeah, if you're splitting hairs, I mean, if somebody's coming in at six and five million and somewhere in that range of of a package for a one year deal, find him. I'm looking to go to a place where I think I I can make an impact and get to a Super Bowl, and I think Miami and Dallas give him that chance. If I'm looking at teams. To have a, a shot. I mean, I don't know. Would the Eagles make a run at him? They make a run at everyone, don't they? they Why not? I mean, they, they. You know, Swift is always hurt. Um, you know, they 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 lost Sanders off last year's roster. I, I mean, if if they knew Cook was going to be cut, maybe they don't even trade for Swift and they just make the move. Perhaps you know, perhaps that is what happens. I don't know, but it's going to be interesting to see where he does eventually. Um, and, uh, are you a guy that can predict the future or may have a mean poker face? How about a love for horses or you just know who's going to win the game? Don't just be a prophet, make a profit. 
And you can do that when you open an account at Bovada Sportsbook and Casino today. Whether it's getting down on the gridiron action, wiping out the dealer in a card game, making some change on the race of the ponies, or cashing in on celebrity events, Bovada Casino is the place for you to draw your line. Since 2011, Bovada has been a leader in the online casino industry, spearheaded by their top-of-the-line customer service, easy deposit, secure payouts, and great welcome bonuses. Head over to Bovada now to see what they're offering you to come in and scratch that itch you're having. Click on the link in the description and tell them the Gridiron Stud Show sent you. Here's one for you. What happened to your guy? I know he played with your son, but Hopkins is slow playing another contract. So what's the deal there? Why do I think he? they let him out of Arizona? Well, I know why they let him out of Arizona. They don't think they have a chance to win, so they figure, why pay the money? We can lose with, with, with anybody playing wide receiver. So uh, what, what, what's the question? What do you ask? The question is, what, why? I'm surprised he hasn't signed yet with anybody. What, what do you, why? Why is it taking time? Why is he he's probably playing? not. He's trying to build up some multiple suitors to get him close to the number that he wants. And, and it appears from the distance that I am from this, that they're not, they're not willing to pay him anything close to what he was making. Well, he wants the money. You know, he wants a deal. I think similar to what 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 Odell Beckham got. Right, Go, Beckham got fifteen million from the Ravens for a year. Maybe that is his guy. You know. Um, well, by the way, I think that you know it, it may work out for the Ravens on the field. We'll see if he stays healthy. But I think in terms of money, and it's not my money, so and I'm not a billionaire, so I don't care. But I think they overpaid for Beckham. If I you agree. Ask. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, who knows what he's going to look like. No, after a couple of knees. I mean, he's got a lot of name cachet. So you, you know, fans, you say Baltimore's never really been about that, though. Pardon? Baltimore's never really been about that. They really have been about uh, we need ball players in here. So. Oh no, I'm not. I, I mean, I, I'm saying for fans, they hear the name, they remember his catch with the Giants, and and all all the things that come with him and the talent, and and he's a name, but I'm not sure what he is at this point. I mean, I think he's a, a good player. I don't know if he's a $15 million a year wide receiver. No, um, maybe on a one-year deal. I'm going to just trust the Ravens here. Yeah, well, they're usually good personnel-wise. I would agree. I, I think a lot of fans, you know, just they want Hopkins on their team, again, because he was a great player. He's been in the league 10 years. Um, he may be going the route, though, that we see a lot of these the last couple of years, stud receivers like Julio Jones, A.J. Green, where, where when the injuries start coming, it becomes an availability issue. Like, you know, you, yeah, when he you missed have, too much time in the last couple of years. And I, mean, I think yeah. ultimately that ended up being a problem in Arizona. It's like, hey, we're looking around, got a new coaching staff in here. We're trying to cut some fat in some places. You know, that's what happens with any business when a new guy comes in. And when we're looking at it, you're not available as much as we would like for $20 million a year. Oh, and on top of that, you're you're on podcast talking like you don't want to be a Cardinal. So, you know, let us help you with yeah. that. Maybe Arizona started that by, you know, kind of running with the trade rumors leading up to the draft. So right. they feel unwanted. And so it just progressed. I mean, the, the other problem with a, with a guy like him is when he is playing and he's playing at a high level. When he's missing half the games, it's hard for you because he's taking up such a, such a chunk of what you can allocate to your wide receiver room in the cap. The drop off to the guy that's replacing him is huge. Yeah. So, like, you know, 
if he's, you know, it's one thing if he's missing one or two games, but when you got a guy like that and he's missing seven, eight, nine games a couple of years in a row, that becomes a problem. And then when he comes in for another contract now, if he's looking for 15, 16 million bucks a year at this stage of the season, that's a big chunk of cap space that's going to force a team to shuffle some stuff around. And you got to ask yourself, how much of this guy am I going to get? You know, yeah, like, it's tough for Arizona, a franchise like Arizona that has the ideal cutout, cardboard cutout of a wide receiver being Larry Fitzgerald. Someone right. that worked, put his head down, worked, um, and was always available. You know, that's what you're up against. And so it would be tough for that owner to say, yeah, I'm going to put up with this when I've had this before. So. And as a fan, I, I find it funny because, you know, I, I, I'm a fan when I'm not when we're not doing the podcast. So I started going on different places where I get my cowboy news and, you know, naturally all the fans, we should get him. And I'm like thinking to myself, wait a second, wait a second. You got C.D. Lamb. You've got Michael Gallup on his should be back from now. He, you know, last year he played coming off an ACL. He wasn't 100 percent. You've got Brandon Cooks, who's had 6000 yard seasons and still a really good receiver. Um, there's only one football last time I checked. I mean, like fans, like, it's just like, what do you want to collect things? This isn't fantasy football. I mean, there's only one football. And, and look, I'm here to tell you that, you know, I told you I get those Yahoo, you know, news alerts. That's what yeah. those off season articles usually are like. The moment someone is available, yeah. every team is giving the reasons why that person should be on their team, no matter what the situation is. Yeah. You know, so you are. I don't get Chargers alerts, but if Tom Brady becomes available, I guarantee you there's an article coming out saying how Tom Brady could fit in as a Charger. Like, come on. Yeah, I think I think Hopkins is going to end up being a sneaky one where he, he might go to a team that a lot of people don't expect. Like the, it's it's trending in that direction. The usual culprits are being named: the Chiefs and the Bills. You know because you know they they each have top five quarterbacks, and everybody thinks like. Oh, we'll just send them there. But they also have probably this salary cap issues. I don't follow their salary cap enough to know, but when you're paying your quarterback that much and you've had some winning seasons four or five, six years in a row, chances are you're paying a lot of guys big money. So I don't know where you carve that out to just say, hey, it's July. Let's add Hopkins, you know? Fans don't care about that part. Um, in the remaining time that we have, I want to close out with a, a, some college football talk. Okay. In the past, you know, and, and you and I have talked about it over the last five or six years, we've seen the most changes in college football that I think we've ever seen in the amount of time that you and I have been watching it, you know, at least four decades. And um, typically when something new comes into the game, whether it's the hurry up offense or it's the, you know, the transfer portal or it's, you know, whatever, well, a new, a new, a new rule or anything of that nature. Nick Saban has got up and he's spoken about it at his press conference or whether it's SEC media days, and he has kind of issued a warning. And it goes some something by the way of, I don't think XYZ, whatever the new edition is, is good for the sport. And he will talk about, about it like that. And then also in a kind of a way say, I don't think it's good for the sport, but I'm here to tell you that if this is indeed something that can be used. We're going to use it. We, Alabama, are going to use it, and you guys aren't going to. That's been the case up till now. But what I'm seeing now, Abel, with the NIL thing 
that he has been outspoken on, this is two years in a row now, is that this is not necessarily a weapon that's going to be the biggest in his hand. He has lost a couple of recruits. He lost a couple of recruiting wars last year with Texas A&M, and that kind of led to the whole big square off between him and Jimbo Fisher leading into last year. And he's recently lost a couple of recruiting battles with Texas. Texas A&M and Texas. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of oil money in Texas that's being used to get recruits, and it's turning out now to be a problem for Alabama. The way things existed before the NIL, we all know what was going on to get recruits. We all know. Right. Not out there, but we know. And in that kind of arena, in that kind of a situation, I think Alabama had an upper hand. Oh, when there's a bag man and we're talking 20000 in cash or a car or something, yes, where you can... In places where, where there's a blind eye turned to that, you're going to be better off. But when it starts getting into the theater of the absurd, and we're talking about $1 million or $2 million for a college athlete, and maybe I'm wrong, I just think that that's hard for Alabama. I mean, I'm not saying there's not wealthy people in Alabama, but when you start looking at Texas, Texas A&M, USC, you're out in L.A. Yeah, I just think when all the guns come out in this situation, he's not going to be wielding the biggest one. and it's. He's getting to the to the late years in his career. And I just think I'll, I think these things are going to accelerate his exit from college football. Um, well, and I think he's frustrated like a lot of us fans who've been around. You know, I mean, if they had a way to do it where kids could get a little something, I don't I, I wouldn't be like I'm still not for it, but I'd be like, eh, OK, you know, but this this really escalated quickly to the point of. I mean, you know, did we not think this was going to happen, though? Oh, we knew it. But I mean, I, I mean, once once you add competition, of course, it's going to get crazy. And and now what you really, you know, no matter what people they can, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. I don't care how many people I piss off. The power five conferences now are even more so because they were probably what I'm going to say before. But they are a minor league system for the NFL. That's it. That's what they are. Pretty much. That's all Pretty they are. Yeah, and we could just add that to the XFL. They're the US, they're the USFL with a lot, a lot more fans in the stands and, and better bands. That's it. Okay. Um, you know, and I don't even know how we classify them, but we've got three classes here. I don't know who would be triple A, double A, or single A between the XFL, USFL, and college football. But college football would be triple A. Okay. I, you know, I'm thinking that. I think they are <laughs> the other a. two, we could flip a coin because I turned a game on. The other day, Birmingham was playing somebody, and I thought I was watching a practice for a college team. No, not even a good college team. There was like 30 people in the stands. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that, you know, there's that part of it. Um, yeah, so this has really accelerated things and in, 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 in not it quite in the direction that I think uh, Nick Saban wants. Did you, did you hear the comments from the Missouri head coach, Eli Drinkwitz? No, what, what, what was about this subject, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. He said he said college players through NIL are making more money than my brother-in-law, who is a pediatrician, and he saves lives. Did he forget in there also that he makes significantly more than his brother-in-law? And far as I know, Eli hasn't saved anyone's life. No, he, he doesn't even win a lot of football games yet. Right. <laughs> anything, he's probably driving people to drink up there in good old Columbia, Missouri. And so I, you know, how does he come off saying that? Well, you know, 
a lot of six million dollars a year. A lot of these guys get on their high horse with, and and they, before they jump on, they forget to think it all through. So they say something, and I bet uh, he got home and his wife just grabbed him and said, "Honey, I I don't know about that quote that I see." Yeah, I don't know because you know you make more you make more than Pete. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shut up already. Like yes. lay low, honey. You're making six million dollars to coach football at Missouri. Yes. In the SEC, and you should probably not ruffle too many feathers. No, and if you go seven and five, eight and four, they might keep you forever. So you don't even have to be great. <laughs> For God's sakes. But yeah, that's the world that we live in. Um, and I continue able to see kids doing the whole transfer portal thing. And I'm not. I think that's where it's going to have to. Listen, the NIL is not going away now. Once no, no especially it. with those kids getting ready to boycott. The college football game is trying to come back because I, I guess they don't like the amount that they're yeah. given to whole they, new ball game. The drug dealer gave them a taste, so they, they that's not going away. So I think with the NCAA or some somebody's going to have to step in and say, okay, here are the only ways you can transfer and play the next season and have a criteria like the head coach is fired or leaves, blah, blah, blah. And if it's not for these reasons, we're going back to you have to sit out here. So if you have a bad practice, and you didn't get the ball thrown to you enough, and you slam your helmet in the locker room and say, that's it, I'm, I'm bouncing, you're going to sit out a year. Because that's going to be the only way to stop with um, basically amounting to free agency. Like, hey, we can get you 100000 to be on a car commercial over here. you know? Yeah. Um, before we leave, I, didn't wanna, I do want to touch on the whole college football players association urging the players to, to, to boycott. The, uh, the the college football game, which by the way I loved that thing when I was in college. Um, we had a, we had a lot of fun playing that game in the dorms, and no one thought about getting paid for it. Right. I'm certainly not criticizing him for it, but apparently, to use these players' likeness, the uh, video game makers, which I believe should be EA Sports, yes, EA Sports, is going to play the pay the players five hundred dollars each for being able to use their likeness. And they think that number is too low. And so they're going to hold on a boycott. What do you think of that, Emil? Do you... I, I, I don't even know. I like, I'm... Get, I, look, the, the revenue on that game is huge. I'm trying to get that number for you. But but how many guys get their likeness used? What's that? How many guys get their Like, I mean, does the, off, if, does the offensive lineman that no one sees at, starting at left guard for Tennessee get his likeness used when they do – you know what I mean? I mean, they put the player, they put the number. Um, so if there's an assumption made, you know, if you played it for the, you know, if it was a 1994 version of the game, there's a cornerback out there. It's number nine for the University of Miami. There's no, there's no name used, but you know that's you. I'm number nine. I'm on the team. You know the deal. Yeah. So everyone's likeness from that standpoint is going to use. I don't know if they're using names. Uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, you know, that's what I maybe what I maybe give them a grand, but I mean, I don't know how much more do you want to give them? I'll make if the guard is number 62 in my game, I'll make them 64. I don't care. I mean, does anybody I think the problem lies in the fact that the quarterback, the five star wide receiver recruit, probably feels like I should be getting a heck of a lot more money for you to use my likeness and. Like you said, there's an entire team there, and EA Sports is like, well, listen, we turn around and start giving you guys $2,000, $2,500, and we start adding up the numbers here. It's, it's not even worth us having this game. 
right? Yeah, I mean, let's say there's 50 guys with the specialists that 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 get played in that game regularly. Because I mean, I'm assuming you know you it's not so so if every team if you gave every guy a grand, that's five fifty thousand per team. And and I mean, is every team available in that? Like, I mean, every division? well, it was in the past. So let's say there's 130 teams. I mean, you know, before I even do anything else, I, I mean, I'm, you do the math. I'm up, I'm up in the millions. Six and a half million, which might be nothing to this. Might EA be. Sports. EA Sports is loaded, my friend. Uh, okay, loaded. but but what I'm trying to say is, where does it end? Because I mean, if if I'm playing, I'll use my team. If I'm playing the USC game, having I'm a kid, having Khalid Williams means a hell of a lot more to me than the left tackle. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, and therein lies the problem with NIL. Yes. You know, you want equality, but you can't have equality. And so, you know, players are going to say, well, look, if you guys Do you have equality on an NFL team, no. It's a, it's a rhetorical, right? No. Sure, but. No, what I'm saying is that's the pro- I'm agreeing with you. They're trying to take a collegiate sport and make this utopian idea like we can have equality. Let's give every player the same. But every player isn't the same. An NFL locker room, you have guys that are on the kickoff team that are pro- special teams players making a million dollars a year. You have a quarterback that's making $45 million. It's just not the same. Yeah, and now I'm looking at this. Um, industry industry analysts back in the day when the game was there, because you know I've been missing for a while because, yeah. of, because of the likeness thing. Um, industry analysts said – told Sports Illustrated back then that the NCAA football franchise likely accounted for 5% of the $125 million a year that EA Sports was bringing in in terms of revenue. That's the case. Paying these players the way maybe these players think they should be played is going to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, this thing thing is a mess. I mean, to me it is. I mean, we're in the wild west right now in college sports. And I don't know how we get some control back over it, but oh no, that toothpaste is out of the tube, my friend. I know, but that trans—you know the numbers in that transfer portal. And here's the problem: they cover the kids that do okay in the portal, but way more don't. Yeah, a majority of the kids get left there. Um, quite a few end up at a lower tier school than the one that they left. Which, you know, some kids without the transfer portal would have might have made that decision anyway. Right. I went to Ole Miss. I don't I can't really hang here. I'm going to go, you know, to Georgia Southern. But typically, no, you know, a lot of them would want to make a lateral move and they can't. And just for the sake of getting a scholarship somewhere, they end up somewhere far less than where they they were. It just doesn't encourage kids to stick things out. I had a friendly debate with a guy I was having a beer with a couple of weeks ago. And he told me the reason he he liked college a little more than the NFL was the amateurism. I said, "Come again? Yeah, good luck." <laughs> he said, "Well, I mean, I know what I know what you're trying to, but but it's it is more amateur." I said, "There's less zeros," but I said, "It's really not, you know, it's it's not that amateur anymore." Do you think that's going to bring scorn from fans? You think that's happening? No, not necessarily, because I think we like college football for some other reasons besides just the amateurism. We like the atmosphere around games. We like the, you know, we like the bands and the noise. It's just, 
and the tradition. So I think a lot of that, you know, we, we, we can forget on Saturday once, once the teams come out and we see the uniforms, um, you know, so to be honest with you, am I going to, I'm not really into boycotts that much. So am I going to boycott college football? Hell no, I, you know, I'm not saying that I'm just, I have a it's feeling it's the same for me. I'll admit it. I don't feel, I mean, I bring a little more venom towards these players in social media, which you don't, you, you don't always need uh, a reason on social media for people to be have some venom, but I think it's going to add. A yeah, I don't agree with that. Regardless, they could be pro players. To me, that that's a, not a good way to spend your time. I just feel, and maybe it's because as you age, you look at things differently. But I feel differently about college football. I mean, I still enjoy it, but I, I mean, I, I see it for what it is. You know, I don't. You know. Yeah, well, listen, it's going to continue to be an issue, uh, one that we talk about as this thing takes the twist and turns as the NCAA just kind of lets it fly, um, you know, downhill without any kind of a guide. But but let's be honest, that Sunday, I think September 3rd, which is the real first week of college football that weekend, the week before there's you're going to be watching LSU and Florida State just like me. Yeah, we'll be we'll definitely tuned in. I mean, you know, so we'll be tuned in just like I hope all of you. Um, enjoyed your time tuning in to us. We are going to cut out now. Um, it's the off season, baby. So we uh we we did our thing here. We'll be back at you next week. So we'd like to thank you guys for listening. If you have not yet already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button and uh be, join us each and every week. Thank you guys for listening. For Amo Calamine, I'm Chad Wilson signing off. Later. See you guys next week.